It's time for another edition of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. Edition number 36. Six sixes are 36. We've just done 36 episodes. Welcome, Mel. Thanks, Scotty. Good mathing you just did. Now, I know people aren't interested in my math skills. I know people aren't interested in a lot of stuff. So, this week, we're going to hit you with some news, straight off the bat. Have we got some parkrun news to share with our listeners? We do indeed. Hit it. 18,862 parkrunners ran at 173 locations this weekend. 2,448 new runners joined the ranks and 1,664 volunteers made the magic happen. Now to the large quadrennial international sporting event. Two Aussie parkrunners have claimed some bling this weekend. Katie Kelly took out the first finish position in the para-triathlon event. And Kurt Fernley has taken the third finish position token in the parkrun distance. For Kurt, that makes four straight parkrun distance quadrennial international sporting event podiums. Well done, Kurt. Lucy Bartholomew continues to take the sky running world by storm, going on to win the China Mountain Trails Devils Ridge 70k in the Gobi Desert this weekend. This recent effort is undoubtedly spurred on by the interview she gave Parkrun Adventurers last week, the full account of which you will hear later in the show. Brendan Davies was first to finish the Run the Great Whitsunday Trail, 57.4 kilometres in tropical humid conditions. When commenting on the event, Brendan Davies stated it was super tough and technical on the lush rainforest single tracks, through creeks and up and down bitey little pinchy climbs, a classic Australian trail race. Major developments are happening once more in Sydney Park, resulting in yet another course revision for St Peter's Park Run. When contacted for comment, St. Peter's Parkrun event director Paul Wilcock initially responded with expletives before sending through his formal statement. We've known that West Connex, a massive roadway project, was going to start construction in the near future. And sadly, that means a very big section of path around the outside of the park is going to be unavailable for a long time and may not ever be available again. Redesigning the course to detour around the construction is going to be quite tough. With 300 to 400 park runners attending each week, we want to avoid a two-lap course and we also want to avoid an overly complicated twisty, turny course where people can easily take a wrong turn. We spent a couple of years changing the course every few weeks when the park was getting a facelift, re-landscaped, But this will be a pretty big challenge. Either way, we're going to do everything we can to keep St. Peter's Park Run alive. Paul, President for Life, Wilcock. To the weather now, and 11 events were cancelled across Australia last weekend due to widespread flooding. Several states were affected. Given the warmer weather this week, the expectation is that you won't need floaties or flippers this coming Park Run day. Our next guest is Parkrun Royalty. 
He was the first ever Gareth to be the president of the board. And he hails from South Bank Park Run, where he's event director. Gareth Saunders, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. So you've got quite the parkrun resume, Gareth. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've done for parkrun in Australia? Um, so I originally started up at New Farm Parkrun uh, a couple of years ago. I remember meeting Tim Oberg at, at the park one Saturday morning and I was a little bit too hungover to run the course and I wasn't actually capable of running 5K at the time. Uh, so I ended up turning up on my bike and riding along Tim while we uh, strategized about starting New Farm Parkrun. I guess I was at New Farm for a year and then after the, the first anniversary I moved across and started South Bank Parkrun um, and at around about the same time I uh, became the National Operations Manager as well um, and I've been at South Bank Parkrun ever since and I was probably the National Ops Manager for a year or two I think and then uh, went on to become the President of Parkrun Australia which is a fantastic opportunity. It is quite the resume. Let's go right back to sure. New Farm and that hungover morning. It was the first event in Brisbane, correct? It was, yep. Yeah, second second one in Australia. So right after Main Beach, the, the home of Parkrun in Australia, it was the uh, first first one for Brisbane. So tell us about that. How did you get the word out that Parkrun was happening down at this little park in New Farm? Um, look, I, I, uh, I like to tell anyone and everyone everyone about parkrun and, and that was kind of I guess the, the starting point I uh, yeah I, I guess with new farm parkrun it, it had a false start initially there was a, a plan to launch it uh, a little bit earlier and and uh, basically the, I don't think um, there was enough volunteers to get it going so it kind of went on the back burner for a little while and, and ended up launching a couple of months later but there's already a little bit of gauged interest from people that had been park running at Main Beach and you know, people who knew about parkrun from the UK who were interested in seeing it come to Brisbane. So, um, I, to be perfectly honest, I turned up on that Saturday morning that nobody was going to show up, uh, and I was really pleasantly surprised to see that 42 people came out and ran. So it was uh, an incredible morning. And now New Farm is one of our largest events. How quickly did it grow? How long did it stay around 40 people? Look, quite a while because, you know, we obviously, you know, being a, a free event, we don't have any or at that stage we didn't have any money for, for marketing or, or any of that kind of thing. So it was all word of mouth. So it was pretty pretty small for a while. One of my my proudest moments of Parkrun is actually having a top 10 field. It was the first time it actually rained at New Farm Park. Um, there was 12 of us turned up and I finished ninth. So I, um, you know, not that many people can claim to have a top 10 finish at New Farm, uh, but I'm, I'm claiming it and I'm sticking with it. I understand you've also achieved a PB recently, a long overdue PB. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was about three and a half years ago I, I ran a PB at South Bank um, straight after the city to south. I was feeling good and, and gave it a bit of a go. And, and then I got sick shortly after and uh, ended up with a chest infection. I pretty much never got back to, to that time again. But uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I, I yeah, a few things lined up. I somehow managed to find myself closer to the front. It was a cooler day, fewer numbers, that kind of thing. And... Um, he yeah, just went for it and managed to take almost two minutes off my previous PB. So a lot of people thought that I wasn't really trying hard enough prior to that. When you did it, did you start like in front of everybody else at South Bank? Because I imagine I've only run there a couple of times, but both times it's taken quite 
a bit to get over what you consider to be the start line. So even if you start in the middle of the pack, trying to get a PB can be a bit of a um, challenge depending on who else is starting ahead of you and whether or not they're running the same pace or slower. So where did you start? How did you, did you approach it trying to get a PB? No, like I say, it was just a set of circumstances. I'd been just right up to the start because I was talking to the timekeeper and I was just kind of walking my way back in the crowd and they yelled go, so I just turned and went for it. So I wasn't on the front row. Uh, I, I was, you know, maybe 20 metres back from the start line, but that's obviously a lot closer than I, I usually start. And, you know, that tends to help with a good time as well. So, yeah, a few things lined up for me on the day. Because when I next tend to go for my... PB, I am totally going to start in front of everybody else and they can all be damned and go around me. I don't care. I'm, I'm working that extra 20 seconds that I know it takes me to cross the start line. Well, I've got this, uh, this goal that one day I want to be the first guy to the top of the Goodwill Bridge, so I might just uh, start on the front row one day and just put down a sprint and see if I can hold everyone off till the top. I might collapse afterwards, but it's one of the things on my bucket list, so it's going to happen at some stage. South Bank is one of our biggest attended events, and you also have the record for the highest ever attended in Australia. Tell us about that day and how that came about. Yeah, it was on our first birthday, and it just sort of started from a few of us just having a bit of a chat and just saying, you know, what are we going to do for our first birthday? Usual conversation for, for event teams, I guess, in the lead up, and we thought, well, you know, we might as well go big, and, and uh, yeah, so put the put the word out around Brisbane and to other events and let them know that we're we're having our first birthday. We wanted to to make it big. Um, I guess Newey Park Run at the time had laid down the challenge. I think they had 800 odd at their their birthday event, and and uh, you know I guess a lot of people liked the challenge and 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 decided to turn up and, and give it a go. But it was a it was a massive morning. I'm glad we got the opportunity to do it, and I'm really really happy never to have another go at it again because. Uh, it was it was hectic. I think it's probably the best way to describe it. Is you know we've we've got some pretty busy bike paths around there, and you know if you imagine that many people at, at any of our park runs or any ones I've been to, yeah, it's just not designed, I guess, to be that busy. So there was a bit of a queue over the finish line. We we didn't have enough tokens, so while we were um, still running the event, we tried to collect all the ones from the start and resorted them and started handing them out again as well. And it, it was, uh, it was quite a production, but a lot of fun. Um, glad we got a chance to do it. But, uh, yeah, not keen to, to repeat it. That was going to be my next question, Gareth. I mean, you were only two people away from cracking four digits. That, you're not even the slightest bit tempted. No, nah, not at all. As, as you guys know, you know, park run, it's, you know, it's, it's great to, to run with you know, a lot of, lot of other people and not, but it's not about the numbers. It's just about getting out there and having a crack. So you know, we, we're happy to, like I say, to have done it, uh, but not interested in, in chasing down that anymore. It's not really uh, you know, what, what we're after. So maybe if somebody, somebody got one up on us, we'd, we'd reconsider it, but I, but I don't think so. For those that don't know, Gareth, describe the South Bank course to us because it's right in the heart of Brisbane and it's got some unique features that we don't see at other park runs. Yeah, it's um, it's based at South Bank, which is um, obviously directly across from the city. So we, you know, it's a it's a beautiful spot to start a weekend. And you know, we 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 meet at a at a spot called the Riverside Green, which is a you know, nice um, nice big park area. Uh, and then from there, we sort of walk down to the start line because it's 
you know, it's a loop course, but it's uh, a little bit over 5K, so we've got to walk down to the start line. And then from there, you pretty much take off along the along the, the water's edge, um, go over the Goodwill Bridge, which is a great way to warm up. Uh, it all happens within the first kilometre. Uh, good way to get the blood pumping. And then from there, you run on the city side, you run underneath the freeway, um, and then along a, a boardwalk until you get to the go-between bridge. And then we've got some, some stairs, which a lot of people have a love-hate relationship with. Obviously, a lot of people love to hate them. Uh, but you go up the stairs and then over the go-between bridge, back on the south bank side and run back to the finish. So it's, uh, it takes in both sides of the river. Um, thankfully, it's got a, a, a bit of shade, which is great, especially with summer coming up. And uh, one of the highlights for, for me is we've actually got a, a pool at the end. Gareth, you've missed out one of the parts that I find the most exciting about your course. Well, not your course, but your event. You can scan your barcode in the underground parking and it drastically reduces your parking prices. Can, can you tell the adventurers about that? Yeah, it looks amazing. Obviously, parking around um, in a city is quite expensive. So, you know, if you rock up there at about you know half past six, there'll give you plenty of time to, to get there. Um, by the time you get to leave after coffee and breakfast and whatnot, it's it's like three hundred bucks for a car park. So, um, so if you scan your park barcode on the machine, it drops down to two bucks, which makes it great. Hey, Gareth, you've had a massive influence on parkrun in Australia. Thanks for coming on the pod this week. Thanks for your contribution over five years. I hope it continues and I hope your love of parkrun continues. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's now time to catch up with one of my local parkrunners, although she's not very local at the moment. We're going to have a chat to Lucy Bartholomew, who loves a bit of trail running and is over in the UK at the moment. Welcome to the podcast, Lucy. Hi. Now, Lucy, you are from Diamond Creek at the moment, so Diamond Creek would be your home park run, but at the moment you're over in the UK, correct? Yeah, that's right. And you're over in the UK after spending a few months in Europe. What have you been doing over there? For the past two years, I've spent the summers in Europe competing uh, for my sponsor, Salomon, um, in the summer series, the sky running, mountain running series over here. So I come over June to September um, and I travel around uh, France, Spain, Italy. I've based myself in Chamonix and um, do my training and racing over here before heading back to Australia to, comp- uh, to finish off the season there. And what sort of events did you get up to? While you're over there, what was the highlight? Um, the highlight, there was a lot of highlights. Um, I did four main races whilst I was here. I did the the Mont Blanc Marathon in early June, um, which was a really beautiful base in Chamonix. And then I ran in the Sky Running World Championships, which was held in the Pyrenees in Catalonia. And that was the main goal race for this year. Um, so that yeah, that was July. And then I did the Matterhorn Ultrax, which was held in Zermatt in Switzerland. Um, so that's a 48-kilometer race. And then I finished off the year with um, a small, shorter race in the YCC, which is part of the UTMB Ultra Trail Mont Blanc weekend, um, which was just 15 kilometers for people that were uh, not old enough to do the main events. 
Um, and yeah, just it's been a real mix. And they've all been highlights. Lucy, let me get this right. You spend your the, the European summers in Europe running in magical places and you get sponsored to do this. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. How do we get a sweet deal like that? How fast do you have to run? Oh, it's, you know, it's crazy because you're in the mountains. Uh, you actually don't really end up running so much. You know, I, I call myself more of a hiker at the moment over here. Um, I, I Once I've learned back in the UK, I can't believe how hard it is to actually have to run for a few hours rather than in Chamonix it was just like no you ran a little and then it was just a big walk up big hike you know and um I think it's very funny that people they're sponsoring me to to be a runner and I feel like I'm here just kind of walking around and (laughs) you know getting to run in these amazing places um but yeah it's a funny one I can walk I can hike I can do those things yeah I kind of feel like that (laughs) yeah but come on you're not actually you're giving me hope here. You're actually walking in a lot of your runs, races? Yeah, so, so sky running races, um, what classifies as a sky running run is that there's a certain amount of elevation gain within the distance. So I run the marathon distance. And so within that, most of the races have about 3,000 metres climbing, um, 3,000 to 3,500. And it has to be above a certain altitude. So the last race I did went up to 3,500 metres. Um, so it's all quite high altitude and yeah, because it's, you've got to get that amount of elevation gain in such a distance. Uh, it's really, really steep. Um, you know, you do a thousand meters climbing in two Ks. Uh, it's just nothing like you have in Australia or you've ever seen, but you don't take the the tracks that zigzag. You just go straight up. And so what are the, what, what is the terrain like? Because I I have been to certain places, even in European summers and there are snow-capped mountains. Do you end up getting that kind of elevation yeah definitely um yes i think most of my races have gone up into the to the snow because the snow has stayed around for so long this year um yeah so we got yeah most of the races go up to about three thousand meters and in chamonix the snow line sits at about two five um so yeah you end up kind of mixing your alpinism and your skiing (laughs) which i've never done and yeah, it's the quickest way down, so it's actually really handy. <laughs> and what kind of clothing do you wear? To I mean, obviously you get hot, but you wouldn't want to be running around in a singlet top in the snow, surely. No, so like um, you have to carry a lot of your gear with you. So you have you normally have like a, a wind jacket, rain jacket, or a thermal top or something. Um, the Europeans are pretty pretty crazy with what they. In Australia, you have to carry everything. You run 100K in in Australia, you carry a fleece, a waterproof snake bandage, um, waterproof pants, leggings, everything. You're kitted out as as if you're going to go for a week. Um, The Europeans, you know, I did a a 70K race and all you needed was a wind jacket. Um, And that's crazy, like, to me, especially when you're going up to, yeah, to the snow line and um, going up into high altitude. All this running led to the Sky Running World Championships in Spain. Mm-hmm. You finished tenth. Yes. How did the race go for you? Um, it was it was a slow race for me. Um, I had been training uh, in Chamonix, and then I went across to the Pyrenees only a few days before. And when I saw the course, I realised that it's 
it like yeah it wasn't running to me like it was rock hopping a lot of scrambling in sections I just I remember in the race just being like this is ridiculous like this is not a course this is not a trail this is just someone's gone along and spray painted some dots on a rock and has you know is expecting everyone to go over it and yeah it was it was a hard race and I've never on a downhill had to actually step off the trail or you know move over to the side and let people pass because I was like this is this isn't working like I'm slowing everyone down and that's something I would never do but in this race it was something that I had to do because it was just so technical one thing we haven't, and maybe the listeners aren't aware, you're actually quite young, aren't you too, Lucy? Yeah, I'm 20 years old. Yeah. So what was the average age of the runners running? Because were you lacking a little yeah, bit this... of experience? or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think I looked and everyone, abo- everyone above me was about 30. Um, so this sky running sport and this kind of, you know, a marathon takes about six hours in, in this kind of terrain. Um, a lot of people are older because it's longer it's harsher on your body people and it's it's slower going like you know in a way so it's kind of something that people revert to after they finished off the roads um and the faster running and so I think everyone was about yeah about 30 so it's like 10 years so I I always (laughs) keep telling myself that and you know I'm not interested in age groups or anything like that because yeah like I just figure I want to be competing against the best in the overall Lucy, you talked about them putting dots on on the course and you expecting people to scramble over them. Is it the same course every year or do they mix it up? No, so the World Championships is held every two years and two years ago it was held in Chamonix. Um, so it was actually a, pretty much the Mont Blanc marathon course that I ran this year. Um, and that was the year that I kind of broke out into being sponsored by Salomon because I, I won the um, – well, I won the – the junior category of it so I was named the junior world champion for sky running and that's where I kind of you know got picked up by Salomon and started doing this you know double summer every year and just getting the best experience that I could so next year I think it's in China. (laughs) How long have you been doing sky running? Um, Sky running uh, really only um, two like I started maybe two years ago like I got onto the team because the team wasn't super competitive to get onto uh, just by being a female and putting my hand up I was pretty much on the team and then have continued to do it since before that I was doing more just um, longer runs so when I was 15 I started running with my dad and he was training for uh, the North Face 100 which is held in the Blue Mountains and I ended up crewing him and uh, just running around from checkpoint to checkpoint. I ended up covering probably about 60 kilometres myself. Uh, as a 15-year-old, people thought I was absolutely bizarre when there was a, a quite well, you know, a bus that took every, <laughs> that took everyone, but I decided to run. Um, and then at 16, I ran the Surf Coast 100, a 100-kilometre race on the Victorian coastline with my dad, and um, we finished that. Um, in 12 hours, 12 and a half hours and just loved it. And I just, I thought this is what I want to do. I want to do the the long stuff. Um, and then people have told me, you know, as a young person, you shouldn't keep running a hundred kilometers, um, because of the the effects on your body. And so I thought, okay, I'll step back to the marathon distance because that's considered shorter. And, um, and just went to the more extreme of it. <laughs> so I get, still get to spend the long hours in the mountains or running, but, um, yeah, the distance isn't – the impact's not so great. 
you followed your dad's footsteps. So you must have done a lot of running with your, your old man. Is that how you fell in love with running? Yeah, pretty much. It kind of started as just a way for me to spend time with him um, between work and then him training for this 100-kilometre. He, I didn't get, I didn't see him very much and I wasn't going to go to work with him. So I decided to um, to start running with him. And, you know, to be completely honest, I, I didn't really enjoy it at first because I wasn't very good at it and he was much stronger than me and I didn't like that. <laughs> but it's one of those things where, you know, small goals, small improvements was very noticeable at the beginning and I've kind of just built upon that and what I've decided to take on has gotten harder and harder and the variety of races that I'm doing are just so vast and it's just always a new goal and very entertaining and dad's always there to to run with me which is really cool. Let's bring it back to the shorter stuff. Park run, it's only 5k. Do you still manage to enjoy a 5k run? Do you know, I, last week I did a seven-hour run in Chamonix to finish off my training there, and then I came to, to the UK and I did the Southampton Park Run, and I reckon I pulled up more sore <laughs> from this five-kilometer run than that seven-hour run. It was unbelievable how tired I was <laughs> and how much I thought that that, that 18 minutes of running was just absolutely brutal uh quite happily go for a seven hour you know walk run any day but i do enjoy it um it's definitely one of those things i enjoy after it's finished (laughs) how is the southampton park run compared to diamond creek where you've been running mostly um it's massive here um i think there was 700 on saturday but i think that the thing i like about diamond creek park run is that it's you know everyone. It's it's like it's quite a nice size. You know, everyone kind of knows each other, and that's a lot of fun. Southampton's so big that it's just you just get lost amongst everybody. But it's yeah, it's really nice, and it's a nice course. Uh, it's always I love to you know try and travel and try and find park runs to do because I think it's a nice way to meet other runners. You know, it's something that you knows on Saturday eight o'clock nine o'clock depending where you are. And I just, you know, I've been bringing, my mum did her first one. Uh, I bought her, mum's got someone staying with her. She came along and I think it's just a great way to get your get your um, fitness done in the Saturday morning and then enjoy the rest of your day. Are you in the UK for much longer, Lucy? And will you get to get around to a few different park runs while you're there? Unfortunately, I leave tomorrow to go to China and I'm, it's kind of on my way home to do a race there in the Gobi Desert. So that's a it's a longer race of seventy kilometres, and then I'm back to back to Victoria and back to Diamond Creek. I think will be my next park run, probably the following week, just to give myself a bit of a rest. But I would like to kind of get um, around Victoria and do some of the other ones down on the coast. The park runs there. Um, I did the Westerfolds one. Uh, I've done Albert Park. But yeah, I think that it's this. It's just a great thing to do, and I've been offered to go to others, so it would be really nice to kind of meet some new people, see some new courses, and, yeah, run run five kilometres. <laughs> well, you know where you have to come, Lucy. You have to come down to Studley. Studley's all trail park. Yes! Right? I know. I do want to do I've got I've heard good things about it. I'll have to come. Yeah, definitely. Last week, as I hope many of you tuned in and listened, we had Tom Williams on. And on Twitter, we got a bit of love on Twitter. Lots of retweets and... What do you do on Twitter? Do you love it? Do you heart it? Like it? Whatever that is, we got lots of that. 
So thanks, tweeters. Over on Strava, the club is growing. It grows every week. Now we're sitting at 216 members, but we have a new leader. Brendan Davies has been knocked off his top spot. And who's winning? Well, no, not winning. Who's first finishing at the moment? Or most finishing with the, the most amounts of kilometres and elevation? George Alexanderopoulos. George went for 21 runs in one week. Oh, my God. For a grand total of 335.6 kilometres. Who's got time to run 21 times in one week? I don't know. He's got a lot of time. That's a lot of kilometres as well. And so to even get on the leaderboard, I'm assuming it's gone up from three kilometres. What is it now? It has. 26.2 kilometres gets you on the leaderboard. Oh, man. Well, no, I don't think that's quite accurate because I'm pretty sure you go on the leaderboard if you do a three-kilometre run on day one. Absolutely. Surely, yeah, so I might not stay on the leaderboard for the full week, but I reckon I could get on there if I just do some Monday action. I've got to start running on Mondays, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Screw this that's Saturday totally thing. It's too late by Saturday. Don't wait for park run day, people. Got to get out there during the week. Far yeah. out. Okay. Something to aim for for you Something when you actually upload your runs to Strava. Yes. Well, I'm going to partake of our Strava art competition this week, I think. I haven't submitted an entry yet, and nobody made any rules that we couldn't submit entries also, as well as judge them. So I'm going to get out there and make some streets work for me. We have had, you mentioned, we've got a few entries. They're coming in. You've still got another week. And it's time to update the final entry into option A for the prize pack to the winner. It is. Are you going to reveal it this week, Scotty? Sure. Mel, do you partake in polo Wednesdays? I don't have a horse, Scotty. Oh, it's a different kind of polo. I'm talking your attire. Oh, as in one of those shirts with a collar on it? Yes. Uh, I try not to wear things that have collars or need ironing. You're just casual, 24-7. <laughs> if I could wear pyjamas to work, I'd wear PJs to work. Or active wear. I never iron my active wear. No, I don't iron my active wear either, but I'm, I'm not one of those people from that YouTube video either. I don't, I don't do things in my active wear unless I've actually done active things first. Usually. Well, if you wanted to partake, moving forward from this Wednesday is Polo Wednesdays every week. You are a polo. If you win the Strava Art Contest, we will send you a parkrun polo shirt so you too can look schmick on Wednesdays. For polo Wednesdays. Nice. How awesome is that? That's, that reveal is the last of the four amazing prizes for option A. Oh, you could pick option B. But really, who wouldn't pick option A? Just saying. One thing we also launched on Facebook this week was our now annual Pearl Illustration. We're going to do this every year, assuming that we hang around for more than one year. Where are you going? Things happen, Mel. You know, after going through some of this feedback. Yeah, well, we did ask people to be honest, didn't we? So I hope you can do that if you haven't done it already. Look it up on our Facebook page. There's a link there. Quick 10 questions. Give us your thoughts. Bathurst Park Run shared it. They did. <laughs> and, and they actually also called us Park Run Australia Tragics. 
How do you feel about that title, Scotty? I'm wrapped. I'm wrapped with that. I'll gladly be called a Parkrun Australia tragic. With you as well. <laughs> Tragics plural. Yeah, that's all right. I'm, I'm quite comfortable with that. Thank you, Bathurst Parkrun, for sharing our post. It's lovely to see the love going out there amongst the events. Marie McDougall said, um, oh, she didn't share. She posted on our Parkrun Adventurers page this week and she said, Steve Hicks from Shepparton ran a PB at his 100th Parkrun yesterday. Is there a club for Parkrunners who run a PB at a milestone or can we start the Hicks Club? I don't believe there is one that has been named. I am aware of a lot of people who have already run PBs on their milestones. I don't know what it is about milestones that makes people run faster. <laughs> um, have you ever run a PB on a milestone, Scotty? No. No. I think people get excited. What What do you mean, get excited? Oh, it's their milestone. They're all excited. So extra energy, adrenaline. Yeah, I know. So what's your excuse? Why didn't you get a PB? Oh, me? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Oh, I'm excited every park run. <laughs> it's difficult to <laughs> So I should be running a PB, PB. every week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, um... I volunteered last week, so working toward that, taking 30 seconds off my parkrun time every week's not going so well. We'll see how I do by the time I get to my 100th. Mm. So we've got a new club, the Hicks Club, maybe. Is being a statesman part of a club? Yeah, that is the club, the statesman. Because Melissa Ellis was curious, how many events does each state in Australia have? suggesting it would be harder to get statesmanship in Victoria as opposed to Tasmania. And that was a question for facts in a haystack. But thanks to Michael Schultz, he gave us the answers. All the answers as at last week. Before, well, there weren't any launches last weekend, but we've got launches coming up this weekend, which will skew all his numbers. Um, but thanks, Michael, for letting Melissa know what they were. If you pop onto the post on Facebook, you'll be able to see all the numbers that Michael kindly provided for Melissa Ellis's curiosity. And he did indeed prove that it is more difficult to be a statesman in Victoria than it is in Tassie because Victoria has 37 events and Tassie only has three. However, if you really, really want to make it hard on yourself to become a statesman, you need to come to Queensland because we currently have 63 events. So that's more than a year of park running at a different event every week before you even get there. I'm a long way off that one. I can tell you now there's not going to be too many Queensland statesmen. That Weeper event is a real challenge. Yep. It's it's a, a big financial challenge. <laughs> the 5K part, I'm sure, is fine and very enjoyable and it's in a great place and a high percentage of the Weeper population are enjoying that park run. So great job, Weeper. You're doing an awesome, awesome thing for your community. I think there's quite a few statesmen out there that are cursing you at the moment or possibly just super excited to be getting up there sometime soon. Let's touch on some new launches because we've finally got some after a few barren weeks. And if you were a statesman in Northern Territory, as in you've run Darwin Park Run, things are going to change because we're launching Palmerston in the Northern Territory on Saturday. 
So that will make two events in the Northern Territory. So you are no longer a statesman for Northern Territory, Mel. I'm still a statesman for the next few, well, until Parkrun Day. I'm still a statesman until Parkrun Day. That's all right. I'm quite happy to go back to NT. I had a great time in Darwin and kudos to Mark and all the people involved in getting Palmerston off the ground. It's going to be great. I was going to say, you guys have got some more fun going on in Victoria this weekend with another launch yourselves. Yeah, we're going to launch the Yu Yangs, which is a very popular running spot down here. It's on the outskirts of Melbourne. It's a great it's a trail name. event. Yeah, the Yuis. I think it's going to be a tough run. And to round out a week of launches after a little bit of a dry spell, we've got Maury launching in New South Wales. And we've got a couple of anniversaries as well on Saturday. New Farm that Gareth touched on. They're celebrating their fifth anniversary in a purple theme. That'll be great. And you know what's good? I mean, apart from the fact that purple is um, the volunteer colour, aubergine, New Farm have got all those beautiful trees, all those, um, they're not poinsettias, jacarandas with all the beautiful purple flowers. I hope now that it's spring they've got a lot of those in bloom for their fifth anniversary this weekend. I'm not sure if there are any jacarandas out at Pakenham, but I'll be able to tell you next week because I'm heading there for their second anniversary, which is an 80s theme, my long-awaited 80s theme. What are you going to wear? Finally get to go to one. You'll have to find out on Saturday. Have you got a hair crimper? Um, personally, I don't. There might be one in the house. I'm looking forward to seeing the pictures. I don't have much hair to crimp. That's the problem. Everybody needs a hair crimper in the house. Pakenham is also my Nendi or Nenad. So I'm going to cross that off oh. my list. So you're going to be adding another event to the most events list this weekend. It's been a long time coming. It has. For a, for a parkrun adventurer, I haven't done much adventuring lately, so really looking forward to getting out to Pakenham. So, Scotty, tell me truthfully, when you were creating that graphic for the Perlustration, did you look up synonyms for survey? Are you doubting? Are you doubting my level of education? No, not at all. Possibly your vocabulary, but not your level of education. <laughs> I don't give away all my secrets. Let me change the question. Did you, before this week, know of the existence of the word for illustration? Life is all about learning. <laughs> learning new words, learning new life lessons it is so thank you for sharing that because i had to look per illustration up in the dictionary to figure out what it means i'm sure i'm not the only parkrun adventurer who has also got the dictionary out today so thank you for educating all of us i consider it a service perhaps you should teach everyone a new word every week that's how we can finish the podcast the new word weeks. of the week yes <laughs> The new word of this week is pearlustration. Sounds like a good plan to me. <laughs> <laughs>